Hello, everyone. My name is Piero Carletti again, and we're here in the Sink or Swim podcast uh, for NSUMD. This is a continuation of this episode. And so we have two new guests in this episode who are um, pretty much at the same stage in medical school, but different places, have different lives, different backgrounds. And so they're going to tell us about their life outside of medicine and how they transitioned into medicine and kept that life going or not, maybe. <laughs> so um, I'm going to first introduce Ashley. Ashley Cañizares is a fourth year medical student in Puerto Rico, and uh, she and I did a year of research at Bascom Palmer together, and that's how we met. And uh, I know she has a million hobbies and is like amazing at keeping her life together, unlike a lot of us. So <laughs> would love to hear more about that. Ashley, if you can introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about, a little bit about yourself, what you're at right now. Yeah, well, hi, everyone. My name is Ashley Lopez Canizares, and right now I'm in my fourth year of medical school. And I'm in the process of um, applying to residency. I just finished my interviews, so I have a little bit more uh, of free time to do whatever I want. Lucky. <laughs> and in regards to um, how I manage my hobbies, well, why, when I started medicine, um, the first year, I think, was the hardest to, like, balance my personal life and medical school and everything. But um, over time, I realized that I don't really need one day, one week to have a vacation and have fun. Sometimes it's more about how many hours I have in a day. So it depends. If I have one or two hours, I love uh, visit my family, my friends. Um, I love going to CrossFit because um, I feel like I do a lot in one hour. Plus, I get to see my friends, uh, catch up with them. And they, they have great music. And when I finish, I feel super relaxed and decompressed. So, um, you know, it's like super good. Um, when you don't have a lot of time. Um, if I have more time, I love nature. I like to do hiking, uh, jet ski, because I'm from Puerto Rico and here uh, we can do that like the whole year. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, we have uh, a lot of hiking uh, places to go and see beautiful waterfalls. And I have a Siberian Husky, so I always take her with me. So it's super fun because I do that with my friends. We go paddleboarding. So, uh, you know, as I said, it depends on how much time I have. And, you know, if I have uh, two, three days, uh, one of my favorite hobbies is scuba diving uh, here in Puerto Rico. We have also some great places to do that. Uh, so, yeah, um, it was hard, at the beginning, but now it's like, uh, you know, uh, you find the time. Like you have to find the time because we, we are always busy. So either you make the time or you're, you know, you're going to be working 24-7. <laughs> I told you guys. She is an anomaly. I'm um, just saying you should have introduced me first. Yes, <laughs> I know. I can't top this. <laughs> now Mona can't really top <laughs> this. No, no, no. I told you guys, uh, we should all learn from Ashley. <laughs> um, I knew this was coming. So we're going to ask a lot more questions to crack the secret. Now I'm going to introduce the second guest, which um, you who will, you will always, uh, you'll also see in, or hear, I guess, in another episode. <laughs> This is Mona. Hello, everybody. My name is Mona Amir. I am Egyptian. I did immigrate to Kentucky when I was 16. So I did undergrad and medical school in Kentucky. And I'm currently 
technically a fourth year medical student um, applying to ophthalmology. I came down here to Miami to do a research fellowship, and that's how I met Piero and Ashley, and they've been such great friends. Um, so fortunate to have them, um, and this is so fun, so I'm excited to record this. Um, I resonate with a lot of what Ashley said, so it depends on how how much time I have. Is it is it like more than one day? Is it just one hour in the middle of the day? Um, I think that really dictates what I'm gonna do. Also, I had this um, controversial discussion with one of my friends earlier, and she basically argued that hobbies are, you know, things that require skill. Do you guys agree or not? Because what? No. Does, what? No. Does <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Maybe. Okay. Let's let's kind of leave that question pending because I do have kind of a structure that I use for everyone that comes on. Uh, on this specific episode and so that, that's a really good question because ah. I argued so I'm going to tell you what I think I think hobbies is just something that you enjoy doing it doesn't necessarily have to require skill or practice it's just something that you mm. fill your time with and it's something that you enjoy partaking in mm. you could be really bad at it it doesn't matter okay let's 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 come back to this because I have a slightly different view. Mm. Um, so first, to kind of go in order of things, I would love for let's start with Ashley and kind of go in that order to tell me your your path to medicine. How did you uh, when did you know you wanted to do medicine and and how did you get to it? Did you take a different path than the traditional or did you go from college to medicine? Yeah, sure. Well, so I didn't know I wanted to going to medicine until very late uh, in college, like my last year. Um, it happens because of different reasons. Uh, the most important one was my sister underwent uh, a few surgeries and, you know, I met different doctors. We as a family had uh, very different experiences. And also um, throughout that time, I was kind of uh, traveling around the world uh, with my sister before she went onto the surgeries. And you know, we kind of had a great time, but also experienced so much poverty, uh, you know, in Puerto Rico and many places around the world. And like, I realized that I wanted to help people in those circumstances where they were, you know, very um, vulnerable and with their health. So that's kind of how I decided. But as I said, I was very late. So what I did was um, I hadn't take the MCAT or anything. I didn't have research at the moment, anything, you know, related to like what you need to medicine. So uh, when I was finishing college, I decided to apply to a master and then try to do, do some research, uh, take the MCAT, all of that. And then I applied to medical school. But what happened is that um, while I was in that master's, um, Hurricane Maria happened in Puerto Rico. And okay. it was kind of harder because, uh, everyone in the island didn't have electricity, water for months, and food was scarce. A lot of people were dying because of medications. We didn't have insulin. So, you know, it was a really hard experience for everyone, but I decided to kind of go into medical missions, help around the island, and I got together with an association known as Mindo Futures that are uh, different doctors that travel from all U.S. to places that were devastated by natural disasters. And I helped them create the missions um, because I knew the better path that wouldn't be obstructed by rocks, trees, something like that. 
So that like made me feel that I was in the perfect uh, path at the moment that medicine is definitely what I wanted to do. Then I applied, I got in. And uh, what was your other question? <laughs> no, no, that's it. That's it. How you got to medicine. When yeah, that's, so basically that's it was yeah, so we've had so far in the episode, like a lot of different perspectives. And I think that's good. That's good to show. So for example, Ariana um, always knew because both of her parents and her grandparents are physicians. So she like absolutely always knew. And um, Sophia had a similar experience as yours. She didn't know until very late and it was because of a family circumstance. And um, and so, yeah, we're, we're kind of talking to different people, getting different perspectives. And it's, it's, it's so interesting to see all of these, these paths. Um, now, Mona, tell us about your path. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, so I'm the youngest of six. All of my siblings are in healthcare. So I had early exposure to, to all of the healthcare fields, predominantly medicine and pharmacy. Um, but I would say that uh, one experience that shed more light onto what these professions actually do was um, the Egyptian revolution. So I grew up in Egypt. I was 13 when the Arab Spring was happening, and I personally partook in the Egyptian revolution, and I was out in the protests um, in the field for hours on end. And during that time, not to get political, but the... Get political. <laughs> get political. We call out what's wrong. <laughs> well, in summary, healthcare professionals were not allowed to actually help any uh, protesters that were suffering from the government brutality and uh, police brutality. And they were just not allowed to go into the field. Um, they were attacked by government officials, um, et cetera. So, but when they did uh, fight uh, and push back, and they were able to help, I really got to see like firsthand what everything they did and the impact they had on these people. Um, and when they weren't there, I saw how many casualties were, uh, were a result of that. So I felt a better appreciation for what they did in the community. Um, and then I was only 13, obviously. So, I mean, I really didn't have a full grasp of everything that it meant, but as I went on, I was good at science, um, really enjoyed learning that part. I mean, I didn't really have, I wasn't really attracted to any other fields. Um, and this is something that I was good at. So went to college, um, I explored um, all the fields and I thought medicine was the most impactful. And I think also for me, that's, it's really important to have an impact, impact just because I see my position here as a medical student in the US as a privilege because people back home, you know, they don't they don't have this this ability to just like up and leave and like right. you know pursue medicine somewhere yeah. else and like now that I get to you know practice in the US and train here, I feel like it'd be a disservice to me and my family and my community not to um have a bigger impact yeah. um, and I think medicine is where I can make the most impact that's awesome wow okay so we have two really really good stories um, in another episode I'll tell you about my story and the episode where we talk about uh, my journey into ophthalmology and we talk about how to explore ophthalmology so check that out um, if you want to hear my story but you got two really 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 interesting stories here so maybe mine is not going to be that interesting um <laughs> so now we talk we go on to the meat 
of the episode, which is hobbies, profession, sports, and the transition of that into medical school. So Ashley, I'll start with you. You mentioned a lot of, of hobbies and things that you like to do, like paddleboarding, um, outdoor activities. You also like to, uh, to do to exercise, CrossFit. So how much of that were you doing before medical school? And then how much of that were you able to do after you started medical school? Did, did you notice a decrease? Um, did you, were you able to keep it more or less the same or did you basically stop doing it altogether for a while? Yeah. Well, before medical school, um, I would say I would do everything like, um, crossfit or just paddleboarding, things like that. That doesn't take that long, um, every week or bi-weekly and, uh, things that take more time, like, uh, go hiking to um, other towns or scuba diving at least uh, twice a month. After medical school, the first few months, I kind of stopped doing everything, even exercise. I was kind of acclimated into all of that. And it was hard uh, just because it was so much information that you have to be learning and you have to be in medical school all the time. So uh, it was hard at the beginning, but I think that by the second semester of the first year, um, I started uh, taking, uh, doing CrossFit again, um, just hanging out a little bit more with friends. And then by second year, I feel like I was doing uh, everything again, and maybe not as often, but I was incorporating everything in medical school because I felt that uh, it really helped me to, you know, not get burned out and to study better after I finish. So yeah, that's basically uh, how I did it. And this is, that's, that's, that's amazing that you were able to get back to your activities. And this is kind of a theme of like first year being really rough and kind of, you know, you have to drop most of the things that, that really matter to you and then make you happy and, and make you, you know, help you recharge your batteries and then you can retake it slowly. But let's talk to, to Mona and then we'll kind of, I, I want to go back to that, that point. Um, Mona, so what are some of your, your hobbies, the things that you really enjoy doing and, you know, they can be anything really yeah. that, that helps you recharge your batteries. Cause that really changes from person to person. Yeah, I, so actually I would say my hobbies changed at two points in my life, or I guess took a pause at certain points in my life. So when I moved here to like to Kentucky, uh, from Egypt, my hobbies shifted dramatically just because a lot of the things I was partaking in were not really available in Kentucky, which makes sense. Um, and then <laughs> another point is starting medical school. Yeah. Um, so I will, I will say, so in undergrad, I was part of the Bhangra dance team um, at my school. Nice. If you don't know what Bhangra is, it's like a traditional folk dance uh, that came out of Punjab, India. And uh, it's a team-based dance. And it's full of energy um yes. if you've seen one you would know what I mean um and I got involved in that it's it's hard it's like a workout so uh but it was also something that I enjoyed doing and it gave me like insight into Indian culture Indian music that's how I got into Indian music so I started listening to that um a lot more after I was involved um and it was you know pretty time intensive actually we had a lot of uh, we had to like go to practice three times a week <clears throat> for like one and a half to two hours. And, you know, that was fine in undergrad. But when I started medical school, 
that was just not feasible. And we also competed nationally and stuff like that. So that was just not going to happen. Right. Um, but I still made it a point to go back, um, j- just like drop by for practices whenever I had time um, in med school. And I would say that j- that only happened during the first two years. So the preclinical years, uh, my hobbies really took a hit during clerkships. Um, there was just not enough time. And also COVID was going on. Oh, and yeah. like, I had to take step one, like in the middle of third year. And like, I was trying to figure out what, what to apply to. I was undecided <laughs> at that time. So it was just like a whole, like I was living a chaotic life at that point. <laughs> um, so anything that I partook in was actually like outdoorsy. So I really love hiking in Kentucky. We have beautiful, beautiful trails. Um, so that's something I got into and I continued throughout medical school, especially when COVID hit. Nice. Um, lakes. I love like paddleboarding. Um, what else? I don't really work out. Like I don't just go to the gym. I like to dance. So that's how, that's where yeah. I get my workout. Um, nice. and I love singing. I love doing Arabic calligraphy, which is something that I was way more into in Egypt, but I picked it back up in med school um, and even more so over the past year when I started my research fellowship. Um, So I love writing in Arabic and I love discovering new music. Oh, I love exploring new coffee shops. And that's something that I was definitely able to do during medical school because, you know, you spend so much time studying. So I just, I would, you know, pick pick a coffee shop and spend the day there and like try to try as many of their drinks as possible. Nice. That's all I can think of, really. Nice, nice. And did you feel like, um, kind of like Ashley, which I had a similar experience like Ashley, did you feel like the first year of med school was when your hobbies took the biggest hit and then second year kind of recouped? And third year, we're going to get into, because third year, I think it's it's like kind of a, a, a mess for pretty much everyone, because just clinical rotations take up all of your time. But yeah, um, um, yes, I would say the first, um, like the first year... Yeah. to second year I mean second year is fine I guess hey, after listening to Mona I realized that I don't think this is like as black and white as oh first year second year it's more also like what test do you have coming up and you know right. I think it's more like that so um even like every year I think depending on which month you're at uh you will have more or less time <laughs> that's true but so one point that I wanted to get into and I think is something that I've been trying to highlight in in this podcast if like there's any first years listening that are like freaking out because they feel like their life is in shambles because all they can think of is med school and they're still like not grasping anything and they're like they've dropped all of their hobbies and I just I just want to give you a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel um it does get better I think this Mm -hmm. happens to everyone everyone kind of drops their um their hobbies or, or, or most people drops their the, the activities that recharge them at the beginning because coming into medical school is such a, a different transition than most of like the transitions in your life and it's so paradoxical because I feel like second year is a bit busier yes but you get better at managing your time you get better at studying you get you know you have your foundation so all you have to do is just kind of build upon it there's more to build mm-hmm. but you've gotten better at it so if you're in that stage where you've kind of like dropped everything, don't feel like life is terrible for four years. Right. It might get better in the next few it years. It for sure will. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You just get better at like t- 
taking tests even like yeah. not school and then you start to incorporate some of the things that you really love to do and the ones that yeah. recharge you um i had something to say and i forgot <laughs> um so maybe well, well you remember i'll also touch on another point it's it's very true what ashley just mentioned it it really waxes and wanes because i mean medical school i feel like it's it's like a it's a roller coaster it's like you go through some chill times and then, oh, there's a test coming, intensity, intensity. Okay, now the test has passed. Yeah. Chill. And now intensity, the test passed. And so that will happen and your hobbies will kind of take a hit during those times. I think if anything, it's important to find, like Ashley mentioned at the beginning, hobbies that you can do with maybe just one hour. Because during those intense times when you're studying for the test, you also need to recharge. You also need to take your mind off so you can be better at studying, I think. What do you guys think? Oh, 100%. If you can find something that recharges you in that small of a period of time, then definitely, yeah, definitely do it because you're not going to have like big chunks of time in med school. And you're going to be much more productive if you like let that negative energy go and like recharge and get back to what you need to do. Yeah. Yes, I absolutely agree. And in retrospect, I remember that sometimes if I had a really hard test coming up, I was like, I'm not going to do anything except study. But then I could be reading the same page for hours <laughs> and not really like understanding everything. And that's when I realized, okay, no, I need to do, you know, I need to recharge. Oh my God, 1000%. I think we've all been through this. And this is probably, I think, the biggest issue of first year. Because first year is like, there's so much to study. I don't have time for anything. I, I can't talk to anyone. No, don't bother me because I have so much to do. And it's like, yes, but you have to understand no one can study like super efficiently for so many hours and so many days in a row. You need to take breaks mm. so but you get better at that work smart not hard <laughs> <laughs> exactly they tell you that but no one knows really what it means until you're faced with the craziness <laughs> you know i just wanted to sound cool okay <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so another question i have is so moving from that um period when you kind of like had to drop all of your hobbies to picking them back up was that a natural transition for you or did you have to be like, okay, my life is in shambles. I need to find which hours in the day I need to, I can schedule things. And you kind of like did it very uh, structured or it was just like a natural transition. Like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I have an hour here. Let me just do this spontaneously. Well, honestly, uh, in my case, I feel that it might be a bit different because as I mentioned, we had Hurricane Maria, right? But right. then we were kind of recovering from Hurricane Maria. We had a lot of, a lot of earthquakes um, happening in Puerto Rico. Then like everyone else, uh, COVID happened, but then we had more hurricanes. So for me, it was like, I felt that, okay, life is too fragile and I don't want to be studying or working 24 seven and not enjoying my life. So it was like I at the beginning I think I did force myself like maybe okay I want to keep studying I feel like that's what I need to do but at the same time I need to force myself to do something else because otherwise I will never do it and once I did that uh, it became a lot more natural and easier and just part of my life again okay so so you're more of like it wasn't a natural transition you had to like really force yourself 
to uh, the first the, the first semester of first year yes okay afterwards was like way easier <laughs> okay yeah. okay how about for you Mona? Uh, for me i would say mine was more natural it was intentional though right. um so for example really my we have this group chat right with my friends and they always had stuff going on they always were out doing something um i had to make the conscious decision to you know actually go right. um and do these things with them um when i felt like you know my mental health wasn't at its best yeah. um I, I wouldn't say like i forced myself to do that it was just like oh like why not do this thing why not go hiking i mean they're all going and it's just going to be a good time um and i feel like in retrospect it definitely helped me uh manage my time better like if I'm if I know I'm going hiking on Sunday then I know the rest of the weekend is going to be like studying so right. but but it helps me do that too because I'm at a better mental state yeah um for me it was it was actually very difficult to I I did have to force myself but I even had to like have help forcing myself so I I it, it was very very hard for me to drop um, the studying because I saw everything that I had to do. And I was like, no, I don't, I really don't have time. And so part of what helped me was my, my husband really was like, no, you need some time. You need some downtime. And so basically sometimes I would come home on like a Friday and he's like, I have movie tickets. And I was like, no, but I have to study. He's like, you really don't have to study all night. It's just three hours. Yeah. We can watch a movie. We can have like some food quickly outside and you'll feel so much better. And I was like, no, and he was like, it's, I'm not accepting it. No, <laughs> he was like, we're going. And so kind of that really introduced me to like, okay, actually this is very helpful because I got back home. Okay. I feel much more rested. I can really study and more recharged. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was kind of my introduction to, I have to force myself to enjoy too. I love that you had someone that helped you do that. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it would have, I think it would have been a lot different and I would have reached a point where I had to force myself, but it would have been a lot later. Mm. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. Shout out Giancarlo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, I remember that, let's say my sister was like, oh, let's go to the beach and do paddle boarding or anything. And I was like, okay, fine, let's go, but I'm taking my computer or my book with me. And I didn't open, like, ever my book, but I kept doing that because I was like, okay, yeah, because I'm going to study there for a while. And that, <laughs> you know, never happened. It, oh, my gosh, my sister always make fun of me because of that. <laughs> Ashley, you're not alone. I feel like you're all, <laughs> you were all on <laughs> I had Anki on my phone, yes. and I would... Like my friends would make so much fun of me and give me so much crap about it. Yeah. Because even on our way to the hike, <laughs> I would be on my phone doing flashcards. That shouldn't be acceptable, honestly. I should, yeah. I cancel. I am going back and canceling myself. Yes. No, I did that so much, especially like during Thanksgiving, because so my my sister's in-laws are in DC. And so since college, I've been spending their uh Thanksgivings there. And so even if I went there for like three days to enjoy DC and be like with family for Thanksgiving when you know there's like activities 24 7 basically I took like my computer my books and like everything ready and I was like yeah I'm gonna study my literally my book like didn't even get open yeah, exactly. <laughs> um that's actually how I justified buying the Anki app 
because it's I think it's like it's, it's like $25 yeah but I was like obviously but like I can study on the go yeah no <laughs> it, it didn't happen I needed the space bar <laughs> yeah uh, it's not as user-friendly as the really, web one it's just not as satisfying I don't know why um okay so this this kind of um is a good segue to talk about another big topic uh, of life outside of medicine, which is relationships. Mm -hmm. So having relationships in med school can be really hard. Some people come into med school with relationships. Some people develop them during med school. And I think it's, it's the dynamics can be a little different, but it really changes for everyone. Also, whether your partner is in medicine or outside of medicine, this is like a constant debate. Is it better? Is it worse? Like, how is it better? How is it worse? And I know um, some of us have different experiences. I talked to Ariana her partner's, her boyfriend's not in medicine. Mm -hmm. um, Sophia's is in medicine. And so we have kind of a different perspectives, but I want to get your point. Um, Ashley, if you don't mind sharing, do you have a relationship? Did you have a relationship during med school? Was this person <laughs> in medical school or not? Um, I'm laughing because like, I feel like I'm, I'm going to talk about this, but I'm still trying to figure this out. Oh, we all uh, are. <laughs> <laughs> so my experience, well, I went into medical school and I was in a relationship okay. and it didn't last two months. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, I like, I didn't have time for anything. I decided I wanted to be by myself and just focus on medical school and myself. So that's, you know, what happened with that one. But then I was in medical school and that's where I met uh, my current boyfriend so uh, we've been together for like three years and it was really amazing and very helpful because before I used to hear everyone saying, oh, it's really hard not to have a partner, to have a partner that is not in medical school. But then uh, with my boyfriend, we did everything together. We would study, we'd study first step. Um, we had kind of uh, the same uh, free available time because we were in the same uh great so it was really helpful we traveled together at the same time you know that was really helpful definitely and I'm not saying it's not possible uh absolutely it's possible to have a relationship outside of medicine but I did find that really hard because not everybody understands how much of yourself of your time you have to dedicate to accomplish uh good things in medical school uh so I think it's more like who you are with and how understanding that person is and well you know now I'm thinking about residency um so my boyfriend is going to stay in residency in Puerto Rico I'm going to leave probably so it's going to be you know uh I guess hard but um we'll see we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah no 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 and, and that's that is that's such a good point because everyone does tell you like, oh, it's so hard to be with someone outside of medicine. And, and I think they both have pros and cons. And what I've heard the most and what I've found to be the most common um, is I guess when people tell you like, oh, people out, having a relationship with people outside of medicine is hard because they, they really sometimes don't understand the time commitment. And, you know, in medicine, especially like the, the, the current system, it just makes everything so intense. Mm -hmm. And like, one thing I've been mentioning this with like every person, but people are going to be super retired when they hear this episode and hear me say it again. But my best friend was super shocked when I told her that um, my interviews were like on average six hours long. She was like, what? 
why is everything in medicine so intense? Why do they want to take up all of your time? And it is so true. Yeah. And these concepts, people who work in other fields and other industries don't understand it. Yeah. Medicine really does want to take up all of your time. Yeah. And so you have to kind of push back a little bit. Um, but sometimes you have to do it and you have to have a, someone who understands it. I think a big being someone with a partner outside of medicine, I think something that has really helped us is the fact that we were very stable for years before I went into medicine. Mm -hmm. And even then, even with that stability and with that understanding, with that line of communication open, it was really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and it has, it still is really hard. Um, it's a kind of a work in progress because also it changes per year. It almost mm -hmm. like changes per month. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a topic. And then we'll talk about having a partner in medicine in a bit I want to ask you some questions because I'm super curious and uh also shout out to Jose great guy <laughs> <laughs> I know him didn't want to say it I want to actually introduce him but <laughs> great guy um Mona tell us did you have a relationship during med school do you have a relationship currently um you can talk about it or you don't do you, you don't have to if you don't want to okay so I actually didn't have any relationships during medical school or before I had never dated before that time or during medical school so I will talk about friendships um yeah I will say friendships can sometimes take a hit depending on yes you know the type of friend that you have and like what they're what you guys used to do before medical school compared to like the difference in um in like frequency of like how much you hang out um, and how much that takes a hit. So I would say my relationships with my friends changed depending on like who the person was. So I had this really good friend and like I could, we could go months without talking and then I'll like FaceTime her or she'll FaceTime me and we'll pick up right where we left off. And it was completely fine. And like, she was super understanding. Um, and then other friends, it's like, if you don't keep in touch, they will also like, you know, yeah we'll they will get touch. awkward it will get awkward and like with time the relationship just dies um but yeah I would say that wait I lost my train of thought why am I a mess guys no no I think it's to to kind of like um piggyback off of that it's I think it is very akin to having a relationship in and outside of medicine I think basically friendships it's almost like having both having a relationship in and outside of medicine and I think it's really important to keep both alive because if you're only hanging out with your med school friends it can feel a little bit like you're never leaving the job almost um I think you do need a little bit of that like um those, those friends who kind of ground you and tell you that med school is kind of insane and validate your feelings of of overwhelming and uh um, I think it's it's really important. It's just hard because if they're not there, for example, if they're not in the same city or if they're also somewhat busy with their job, it can take a hit. It usually does, actually. Mm -hmm. But also, like, you're never not going to have time to, like, text someone. Right, like, right. anybody who says med school is, like, suicide, like, social suicide, and you won't have any time to do anything. You'll barely have time to shower and eat. Mm, no. Like, that's not true. And don't believe anybody who says that because you will have time. You will learn. The more you spend, the more time you spend in medical school, the more you'll be able to manage that time. But also, it just never, I mean, maybe only, like, the week before the test, you'll, you'll be on such a time crunch, but like 
on average, you will have time to pick up the phone and text or call someone. Yes. So don't, you know, it's sometimes also like an excuse I feel for, for some people, but really it shouldn't be because nobody's yeah. ever that busy. That person has not listened to this podcast and doesn't know that you need to force yourself to have a life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Ashley, I want to go back to having a relationship in medicine because I have never had one. And one of my questions and, and, and it's just something I always ask uh, to people who have these relationships is, do you feel like it's easy for all of your conversations to be in medicine because sometimes all of your friends are in the same field and, and, and things like that, your friends in common. And so do you feel like medicine kind of dominates your, your life? Do you have to naturally put a stop to it? Or do you feel like it really is not a problem? Uh, well, I wouldn't say that it dominates everything. It is most of my life, but um, I have uh, some of my best friends from college I studied very different things, engineering, architecture. So we still talk and go out hiking and things like that. And we always kind of share fun stories about each other. And I teach them about medicine and they teach me about uh, all of their fields. So that's super fun. But for my boyfriend, I'm going to give you, I think, an example. So um, when I told you previously that um, I had this boyfriend while I was in my master's, um, it was hard because, for example, I applied for a summer internship to do research. And I was so excited when I got it because it was really competitive. But okay. when I told him, he got upset and said that summer was the time I was supposed to be free, to have fun together. And a lot of similar things happened where I would talk to him about my future and he hated the thought of me leaving Puerto Rico for my career. Toxic. I was going to say. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I just, I'm like, personally, I hate people trying to control me and telling me what to do or not to do. And I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. But then it was so different with my current boyfriend. And like he's super supportive in that aspect. When I told him, for example, oh, um, I decided to go to do research at Bascom, you know, very late in my third year. And I didn't discuss anything with him. I like did everything. And within a week, I had a response and I was super happy because I got accepted to do the research year. And I told him one day and he was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. You should do it. That's going to be great. So I was like, wow, because I was thinking that he was going to respond in the respond in the same way as my previous boyfriend. But that's why I say that it doesn't necessarily have to be about uh, him being in medicine. It's more about how he personally is. Mm -hmm. So the other person, you know, was like, very, as you said, very toxic in every aspect. And it's like that with everybody. So I think, is that what you like? Perfect. But it's not what I like. Um... So um, it's more personality wise and definitely helps that he's in medicine and he knows how much you have to um, give up for a family, friends, relationship wise. So, yeah, it, but it's been really, really good and supportive overall, honestly. I think it's yeah it's that, that's shout out to non-toxic partners. Um, <laughs> that is really, <laughs> really important. And that is so true. It is yeah. it is difficult to um, to understand those things. I think I vibe with that, and I can tell you my experience with 
with like, for example, Giancarlo, because, you know, for me extending, so Giancarlo has a job and obviously me being in medical school, I don't really bring a lot of money uh, to the house uh, or as much as he does because he's in, um, um, he has a, a regular stable job. So for me, making the decision of taking a research year was another year of absolutely no income. And at the beginning, I was like, oh, maybe he's not going to take that, you know, very well. Um, but then when I told him like, oh, I think I think I'm going to take this year. I think this is a great opportunity. He was so supportive and basically said, no, that's amazing. I mean, if it's going to help you really get to where you want to be, that's amazing. And so it's it is it is so comforting. Yes, exactly. you, but it's but sometimes when they're not in medicine, I did have to, you know, explain like, okay, I'm taking this research here. And I did it preemptively more because I also wanted to kind of respect that that the fact that I was not going to bring income to a house for another year, but um, said, you know, this is really important. This is going to help me um, immerse myself in the field more It's going to help my opportunities and things like that. And so so that's why he was very supportive. But also, I think knowing you and, and Jose, I think you both are people who have such a strong identity outside of medicine and have so many um, like taste and, and things and things you like to do outside of medicine that it's probably very easy for you not to have medicine uh, like overpower your personal life. Um, I think when we were till background, um, I went to a conference in, in Puerto Rico and uh, um, Ashley, I met Jose there and we were all there. I think we barely talked about medicine. That's that true. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, and we're all, we're all in medicine. We, he's applying to residency at the time. I don't think we talked about medicine that much, really. So Can I say what you talked about or? Well, I don't actually remember. We talked a lot about maybe about of, uh, music and artists in the car. Music, a lot of food, <laughs> bad, bad bunny. Bad uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot about like what what are some of the cool things to do in Puerto Rico. So yeah, it's 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 nice. But, Honestly, that's the biggest green flag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get uh, you someone who can do that get you someone who likes bad bunny um <laughs> <laughs> if they don't like bad bunny red flag exactly. uh, <laughs> that's at least for me you know um but but yeah i think that's that's huge oh so. thank you both for sharing i mean yeah i feel like for me it's just like also good to hear you know yeah. these experiences because it helps me you know identify those qualities in people yeah. or lack thereof yeah no 100 um and then the last question ashley i know we both have pets and you mentioned your siberian husky and i know a common thing for people to to hear is is oh don't get a pet don't get a dog during medical school or get the dog during like medical school or not residency so it's, it's so confusing you hear so many different opinions and um so what um when did you get um your dog when like tell us a little bit about that yeah well so i had pets before medical school so i think in that sense i knew what it was like what to expect um right. i had a parrot for 12 years i had a previous siberian husky um so i got my current siberian husky when i was in third year of medical school and I think that when she was a puppy, uh, those first weeks um, that I was trying to train her uh, yeah. were the hardest. So yeah. I had to wake up super early or all the time or, you know, it was hard, but uh, it was just for a few weeks. And 
now that she's uh, two years, I love having her because we do everything together and doing things like going to the beach, uh, go hiking, go paddleboarding. She loves doing all of that. So uh, I feel like it goes with my personality a lot. <laughs> it's like another friend for me and she's trained. So it's super easy now. And, but yeah, um, it it is hard in the sense also that you, let's say you want to travel or when I was going to take the research year, I had to leave her in Puerto Rico. And, you know, my boyfriend took, took care of her, but that's something that you need to be aware if you are not sure where you're where you're going to be in the future and let's say if you get a pet uh can somebody help you if you cannot take care uh of the pet for a certain period of time so you know those are all important things to consider but yeah. uh, i don't regret it at all yeah i 100 agree with you i think i've talked about clara like basically in every single um with every single guest but but yeah, I agree. It's it's a huge investment at the beginning, and if anything, you can plan maybe maybe second year is is a good time to do it uh, because second year you're a bit more like used to how to study and things like that. Um, third year is kind of crazy to do it because third year is very busy. But I mean, you pulled it off, and and the thing is, it's a huge investment at the beginning, but it pays off so much because they are such nice, like you know, like warm bodies to have home bodies it sounds creepy sounds like i killed someone and I, like, <laughs> I have a, like a, like jeffrey dahmer style um <laughs> no guys i didn't kill anyone um yet <laughs> um but uh but yeah it's it's so nice to get home and, and receive all that love oh. and also be able to like do things with them but i 100 percent agree with ashley just make sure you have some like uh plan for okay if you can't get home uh, throughout the day, who's going to walk the dog? Do you have someone who can like kind of help you? Um, and if you're going to travel, um, is the dog like travel friendly? Can you take um, or dog, cat, whatever pet you have uh, travel friendly? Or do you have someone who can leave her him with? Um, so yeah, those things are important, but I agree. I think it's, you can really make it work at any stage of training. You just have to be kind of aware of what you're up against. Yeah, I have never had a pet. I don't have a pet. Um, I love cats. And okay. although I don't have a cat, I am a cat mom at heart. And <laughs> so I'm thinking about getting a cat in residency, but I don't know how that will go. I mean, I know they're easier than dogs, so probably doable. Yeah. But we'll see. I really want one. They're so cuddly. Yeah. No, I mean, I have like three friends who got cats in residency and they all like, or like right before residency and they are all like super happy with the decision i think cats the good thing is they can kind of take care of themselves a little mm -hmm. bit more um they can be somewhat destructive <laughs> uh, at home yeah. but i think it's it's just nice to have you know for sure their, their undying friendship they're so cute um and they're so cute um all right I think that concludes a lot of the topics uh, that I wanted to talk about of life outside of medicine. Thank you both so, so, so much for coming on the podcast and talking about all of this and giving us all of your details about your personal life and your hobbies. It's yeah. been great. Thank I you love having us. It was super fun. Yeah. It was so fun. And I like the three-way like three conversation. Yeah. Love the three-way combo. 
Thank you um, for having us. Of course. Can't wait to um, see you, Ashley, maybe um, at Envision next year or maybe before. Maybe. Maybe. What? <laughs> we'll make it No, happen. for sure at Envision. Okay, okay. Maybe before. Maybe okay, before. Oh, okay. Maybe, match day. maybe we'll have a match party somewhere. Um, let's see. Let's hope. Maybe at a Bad Bunny concert. You just never know. Oh, God, that would be incredible. <laughs> never a bad idea. <laughs> never. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, guys. All right. Hello, everyone, again. This is, uh, we have a, a very special guest today who has already been on the podcast before this is becky lee part of hello, the hello. inaugural class um she is now an intern in pediatrics at nicklaus here in uh, in miami and uh yeah that's that's enough of an introduction but becky can you introduce yourself you know for those of you for those of uh the people who listening who don't know you yeah, yeah, of course. Um, thank you for having me again on the podcast. It's honestly, it's, it's such an honor. Um, my name is Becky. Piero's intro was fantastic. I, I was part of the inaugural class. I graduated last year and I um, a couples match to Miami and I'm currently at Nicholas Children's in Miami. So I'm really glad I can kind of be in the area. I actually saw Piero just like last week. Yes. So this is great. <laughs> yes, yes. And Becky is the first um, uh, person in residency to come uh, on this episode. And so she's going to oh, give wow. us a little bit of that perspective as well as um, the perspective of her time in medicine. And I guess I have to, I have to say, Becky is like the sweetest and like happiest oh, person. No. I, <laughs> I think all of our classmates would say this. And even though we were all like literally, you know, very apropos to the the name of the podcast we were all sinking during part oh, of yeah school. yeah no for sure for sure for sure <laughs> becky still kept you know the, the biggest smile and the sweetest oh attitude, so. no 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 it's honestly you guys you guys were what made my like brighten my day and kept me going and i think like especially you guys can all relate probably but it's really like thinking together as a group that really makes yes. you yeah build yes. those relationships and you do feel stronger after that exactly be more like becky and uh and if you're sinking it's fine you it's might fine. sink it's for fine. a little bit just but you know if you all sink together you sink slower <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um is that how physics work i i, I think i forgot all yeah that. no probably not probably not well it's all we'll randomly find a piece of plywood just like titanic or something it's teamwork, it's exactly. All teamwork. Yeah, yeah. exactly oh my god all right so um, I have a series of like questions and points that I ask pretty much of everyone. And to start very much at the beginning, I would love to know what was your path to medicine? How did you know that you wanted to do medicine? When that was? How clear it was? So how did you um, come into this field? Okay, so I apologize. If anyone listened to the podcast before, I might be a little repetitive, but I, as a person, am a little indecisive, so <laughs> I kind of knew, um, no, I didn't really know until, until the middle of college, that's when I really solidified my path into medicine, I'd always been really open to it, but then, because as you hear this 
this journey is very tough. And so you get a lot of warnings going into it. So you have to be absolutely sure if you want to do it. So it honestly wasn't until I was forced to pick my major in my sophomore year that I was like, okay, I, I really have to choose now for sure if this, is, if this is the path I want. And so I tried to imagine myself 10 years into the future. And I actually imagined myself as a pediatrician. <laughs> so no I, yeah, so it was actually, I, I, I mentioned it during interviews that it's funny because I think I, I chose pediatrics before I chose medicine. And then that's how I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's my path. But going into to medical school, like I, I kind of had to be really, really sure because I was like, I, I don't know all the other specialties. I should really finalize it. And so again, being the indecisive person I am, I, I waited until we were finished all our clerkships. I waited until I had had really a lot of conversations with different attendings, our classmates, until finally I decided once again, okay, yeah, I don't see anything else. It's pediatrics. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So basically the first two years of college, what were you thinking? Were you even in the ballpark of something in, in healthcare or were you thinking more like scientist type of career? Yeah. So I think, I think you kind of, when, even in high school, like your mind is open to it in terms of like, they tell you, yeah, we really need more people in STEM. Like if you were, yeah. if you are open at all to the idea of math and science you should definitely do it like the job careers are like endless opportunities for you so I think that's why I always kept my mind open to it and so in college I was I was thinking okay so I need to explore everything so I explored computer science I explored engineering some I took some classes um I did take nice. uh, yeah <laughs> thanks, thanks but no it was really tough it was really tough it, it really made me realize that engineering and computer science wasn't for me I didn't to be honest I didn't understand as much of it and also I didn't appreciate as much since I didn't really feel as much of the human side as I feel when I'm studying medicine mm -hmm. so as tough as medicine is it I do like the application of it more that is true yeah that is true I actually most most yeah I think like all except for one of my friends in college were engineering majors and it is it sounds super interesting. And I think um, sometimes I think to myself, like if I were to do this again, I probably would do engineering as pre-med, as my pre-med um, track. Yeah. yeah. But engineering like, is tough. Engineering. Yeah, hard. yeah. But I, I, it's, it's funny though, because I'm sure every, someone, someone out there knows an engineer. And so you know that there's just so many careers you can go into, whether it be consulting or anything exactly. else, because they know that if you can handle engineering, you can handle any, any sort of career. 100%. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of those friends, well, I think one, one went into medicine and, and he always thought about going into medicine and he did it pretty much intentionally. But okay. there are a couple others who did engineering and went into consulting and even yeah. banking. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I've heard of banks and like financial institutions really um, looking are looking for engineers and really um, like hiring engineers for like cybersecurity yeah. uh, um, positions and things like that. But we're digressing as we yeah. do. We love talking. No, no, no. It's okay. We can go on tangents. Um, so the next point is before you came into medical school, 
what were your hobbies did you have um did you have a profession um or did you play any sports did you do any activities regularly what were those uh activities that really helped you kind of recharge and uh, and made you feel happy okay so I think in college actually was the first time I discovered swing dancing. And so I think I, I really, really, I found it, my, I discovered it my freshman year. I fell in love with it. I, I became a part of the club. We taught Friday night lessons. We became part of like the dance performance groups. And so even after college, to be honest, whenever there was a social swing dance, I could attend even during middle, like medical school, I, I did my best to attend. And I even, I think I dragged, I dragged a few of our classmates along. I think Reed actually <laughs> happened to really enjoy swing dancing. So, no and then way. actually, yeah, and just last month, I, I actually invited Shivani to come too. So I, I am one of those types where I just think, oh my gosh, swing dancing is so much fun. If only someone, if they knew about it and if they tried it they'll just love it just as much as i do but i think i i i do kind of push, I push it into other people's faces maybe but no, um so no, yeah no. yeah so swing dancing is is one of the one of the top ones out there um it is a lot less frequent that i get to go unfortunately but that is still one of the things i do um what else did i do i think I mean, I think all of us are, I think a lot of us didn't consider ourselves bookworms. So I think in my, my free time, I used to really enjoy going to the bookstore and reading books, like while like drinking coffee or tea. Um, but to be honest, a lot of my wellness is just like, even like throughout and even now is just like seeing friends, hanging out, eating good food, um, playing games. That. Yeah, I, I would say that's like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good majority of my time still, yeah. Yeah, even watching shows or sometimes uh, just yes. like scrolling through Twitter, even though it's like it can, it can, uh, it can go both ways. It can yes. make funny stuff or it can make your blood boil. I don't know. Twitter yes. is. Um, is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's one thing. me, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that is one thing that I think I'm pretty good at not adding social media more because I know that TikTok will just waste so much of my time and so so oh, will Twitter. No. But I think because of that, I'm not caught up on current events. But again, I digress. I digress. But um, so yeah, that's a few of the things that I did. I did like before medical school. I mean, you. I don't know if you consider like working out one of them, but I think that's something that a lot of people do for wellness for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And and I think it's working out even even if you don't, you know, you're not like obsessed with it and you don't love it um, and do it because it's just makes you happy. It, it inherently um, helps alleviate some of the stress and anxiety. Yes. Of daily life. Yes. Um, yes. Now, wait, so you mentioned TikTok. So you do have a TikTok? No, I don't. I was about to say, I, I meant that, I meant to say that um, that is one of the things that I did not catch up on. Okay. And I, yeah. I, I, it's tempting, but I already know that I have so little time oh, yeah. that okay. I've, I've decided not to forego, I've decided not to go that path for now. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Probably a lot of the people listening will have TikToks and will think, oh my God, these like, you don't have you don't have this you don't have that but honestly yeah no it's, it's fine yeah it's fine. no 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 I'm okay Instagram and Twitter already take up too much of my time <laughs> now 
so with all these these hobbies you know during college even though college can also get pretty busy but we usually you know make time and have time to see friends and everything how was um how did you keep those alive transitioning to medical school did you know they were going to take a hit did you not know and and they they took a hit or like how how did that transition go um so that's a great question so i now looking back i kind of did expect that they would take a hit because um, I did take a gap year prior to the start of medical school. So I saw my friends, I saw my boyfriend enter medical school and their time was cut a lot short. And so it was harder to get in contact with them. And so I kind of knew that it would get busy. And I, I really tried to respect that, keep that time that they needed to themselves. Um, and then I guess in terms of like how I handled it for medical school, I think yeah, no, I, I had a feeling they would take a hit. And so I think it was a lot less of the, the free time in the bookstores reading fun books. Instead, it was just medical textbooks that are not fun to read at all. Um, and then, yeah, like, like yeah, definitely not as many swing dances as before. Um, and just, yeah. No, the, 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 I think the thing that I still kind of kept up a little more consistently than the other things was working out because I think amidst the stress of everything in medical school I still need something as an outlet for everything yeah no I agree and if anything uh guys we were just talking before the podcast but Becky um shows <laughs> an amazing uh point that uh, we should all learn from multitasking oh. when you don't have time is so important she is currently at the gym doing this podcast. oh my gosh um, oh my gosh no I hope I don't I'm I swear to you guys who, who are listening I am not a gym rat like you're gonna see like me like fumble over everything um not know how to actually properly use equipment um but luckily I'm alone here on a Sunday night so no one's here and I'm just I'm just trying <laughs> to, to at least like but like just just sweat a little so I can I can get some some energy off off. <laughs> no, but that's I mean that's huge. It just you don't uh, before you know before medical school we used to have time to go to the gym and do all these things and hang out with friends. So you don't there wasn't as much need to to multitask as there is now. So it's it's important to to um, try to fit those activities in even when it seems like they just, you know, they just don't fit because you don't have time. Oh, you have to do this podcast. Well, you can do, you know, you can go to the gym while you do this podcast and, and you can make it work or, you know, you can fit it some other time. But basically multitasking yeah. becomes really, really important. Yeah, no, guys, I made to ask here in advance if this is okay. So, um, no, I don't want to. I, I no disrespect to the podcast whatsoever. So, no. no. If 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 at all this sounds terrible, I apologize to your beloved ears. Um, but yeah, no. That's it's just it's just one way I get things in because I know tomorrow actually, in terms of my schedule, I'm on call. So I might get out of the hospital at nine p.m. I might get out of the hospital at ten p.m. And who knows when I'll finally finish? Notes might be till midnight. Who knows? So. Today will be a good day to work out. Exactly. Okay. So now we were talking about how you basically having the experience of seeing your your boyfriend go into medical school before you, you basically kind of prepared yourself mentally um, for those hobbies to, hobbies to take a hit. Did mm -hmm. you um, feel 
like you're able to get back um or at least increase um the time that you spend during the doing those hobbies since you came into medical school or you know did you get better at kind of managing yeah that so i think i think so although uh they are more rare so i what i something i realized in medical school was that obviously all of the time that i have is a lot less than before so Actually, since the year before I was in my gap year, I was just working part time as a medical scribe. And then I, although there were, I was full time, maybe for a few months, but yeah, either way, I had so much more free time back then. And so something that I actually really realized during my medical school journey is that um, how much I really valued still seeing um, the friends that came into town when they did come because South Florida is home for me. So a lot of my childhood friends would come back during the holiday break. And so um, see, like I seeing how I still had to allot that time. And so I would still make sure that although I'm going to be at school studying, maybe from like for school from like 8 a.m. and I'll stay until like 6 p.m. or something studying. But at least after that, I'll go and I'll see my friends. I'll still have that meal with them, catch up on life. And then although I have to, I don't have that many few days, maybe I'll spend a day at, at <laughs> I actually spent a day at the coffee shop and they didn't mind that I was studying while they were chilling with me doing their own work. Oh and so I think my friends were also very understanding and they, they still like, they, they also accommodated to, to how busy I was. So I really do appreciate that. Shout out to non-medical friends who yes, um, yes. understand how the, the, the life and, you know, uh, get used to it and and help us spend time with them. Yeah, so I guess my point is that like, although it's less time that I got to spend with them, I realized that like the people who were really valuable to me, if like, if they're worth my time, like the most, like my time is so valuable, the most, like I, I will give it to them if, if it's like, if it's something that I know is good for me and my wellness, I'll, I'll do it. I agree. No, 100%. I think it's, that's one point that I've I've talked about with uh, with all pretty much everyone in this episode is how important it is to keep in touch with your friends outside of medicine just <laughs> as much as your friends in medicine <laughs> because it's it's not going to get that much better from here from here on out and so you can't just like push away all of your friendships from before it's so important to keep in touch and to stay grounded um right because everything in medicine can be so different and so intense that you you do want some mm -hmm. outside perspective and, yeah and uh some some time outside of this bubble of medicine yeah kind of this uh these like time management skills that you use to divide your time to study and also spend time with your friends did you you know figure those out since the very beginning of med school or did you think that it did it take you a little bit um to really get those skills it definitely took me a little bit to to learn those skills, especially since I think in the beginning of medical school, you hear about all these different mechanisms that people are using to study. And I think one of the great things that actually that Piero was so friendly and helped out with, with was, was just telling telling me about the about Anki. And I know Anki doesn't work for nearly every single person, but yes. I think it worked more for me since I don't do well with reading textbooks as well anymore. Same and so yeah, so I 
the thing is like everyone kept on asking different decks or all these different kinds of videos that people also used to supplement like boards and beyonds um and so uh there's also like Pathelma and all this other stuff so you, you really do learn about all these resources but then you're also like oh which one do i prioritize how do i actually do this where is the best study setting and as someone from who was still living at home with my parents at the time i think that's something i had to learn and adjust to was realizing that like no i can't do any of this at home i'm gonna have to just stay and trap myself at school <laughs> where i'm actually just forced forced to study and because yeah i live 30 minutes away and i'm if i know that i i i go home and i just unwind then i can't go back to school and study it's going to be so much harder <laughs> if i decide to change my mind yeah no actually you you bring up a, a huge uh point that i asked that i also felt like um i i felt very similar because i lived while um the during the first two years of med school I mean, I still live in, in South Beach, so it's relatively far. It's it was like a yeah. five minutes. Yeah, you live even further than me. Yeah. Exactly. So I agree. I mean, going home felt like unwinding. And so a lot of times I did have to stay and study at school or study somewhere else because going home felt almost like uh like I crossed the barrier. I'm no longer at yeah. work kind of thing, which yeah. was good yeah. and bad. It was bad in the yeah. sense like I could relax and it was different. It was difficult to study at home, mm -hmm. but it was really good because I could relax and I could yes. really take my mind off medicine and kind of feel recharged for the next day. But um, yes. Yes. yeah, it's just something to keep in mind. I felt like people, um, if I lived right next to school, I would feel like I never left the job, quote unquote. Yeah. So, you know, something important to consider. Yeah, no, and the fact that like I, we would have classmates and friends who like they'd go back home, they take a nap, and then we just just drive back to school, or like they grab, yes. home, like go home, grab a meal. But whereas like we had to like bring our meals, or like say like if we're staying, then we're gonna have to go off campus somewhere, grab a quick meal, bring it back to campus. Like it's a lot more planning, yes. I think, ahead yes. of time. No, I, I one hundred percent agree. Also, I guess it's it may not be just the fact that you live far, but the fact that like you enjoy where you live so for example with you you had the comfort of being home being with your parents and uh for me i i really loved um the area where i live and so huh. you know i have that we both have those advantages um and the and reason yeah. so far yeah and actually if anyone who does anyone still living with their parents out there because like to be honest I, I did feel like I had a lot of family obligations in terms of like I would help my parents cook the meals if I could and I would feel guilty if I if I was at home and and I couldn't help out as much as I used to during my gap year and so it was it was a little I think it was stressful being in that environment and knowing like, and and like being like, oh wait, I, I should help. Maybe I'll just, it'll just be five or 10 minutes, but then those 10 minutes become an hour and then it just, you just yeah. waste more time. <laughs> wow, no, 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 that's, that's so important. You bring up such a huge point that I actually haven't talked to anyone um, about, but it, it's so important. So for me, I didn't live with my parents, but I am married. And so I live with my, uh, with my husband and I did, throughout yeah. all of medical school and it's it's a similar feeling it's you know you come back home and let's say you have to like organize or clean the yeah. house or 
yeah. you have to make dinner and, and you feel bad not doing it but there are some days mm-hmm. when you say well I just simply don't think I have the time but you feel bad and it's it's really um mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it makes the situation a little bit more challenging than it already was I think it's it uh, it makes it, it makes it really challenging at the beginning but I think if anything it just helps you um you know, manage your time a little bit more and maybe opens a, a different line of communication to say, hey, maybe I don't have as much time today. But in uh, on another, um, on the other hand, I think it also helps you um, kind of detach a little bit for a second and just yeah. take your mind off whatever it is that you're doing because we're so um, at the beginning, we're just like, okay, no, I just don't have time. I have to do all yes. of this. I have all of these yes. things to do and I have to study and then finish, you know, all of this in like eight hours straight, but yes. we're simply not that efficient if we work for that many hours. Yeah. I'm not so, wired to. Yeah, exactly. And I think having these obligations or these things to do, even if I felt like I just couldn't do them because, or I wasn't going to finish my work if I did them. I realized that doing them actually helped me get back mm-hmm. into my work and be more efficient. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt that same that way as well. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Taking that time away as as um, as hard it, as it was to drag myself out of it at times, I think yes. there are times afterwards when I get back to it, and I'm like, wow, I was actually really efficient during this two three hour spend time span afterwards. So it it does show that it can help. Yeah. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. Now, let's, before we dive into the next portion, how, how, yeah, (laughs) sink or swim, dive. um, Yes, yes, yes. Not intended, but so basically all of what we've talked about, so like managing hobbies and spending time with friends and um, how has that been during intern year? And was that different than the transition into medical school or pretty similar just with like an added level of complexity and uh, and, and busyness, I guess? Yeah, so I guess I might still be, maybe I'm still in an adjustment phase, but I think right now it's, I'm in the phase in terms of seeing the people I really care about. I'm in a balance of actually trying to figure out between seeing like my family, my childhood friends, but then also like my medical school friends who are still in the area, but then also really getting to know the people in residency and like learning about them, bonding with them because like, they're gonna be your family for like the next couple of years. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a balance, especially since I think surprisingly medical school, you actually have a lot more free time. I've been telling all the medical students who are around <laughs> saying like, enjoy this time enjoy this time that you actually have to go home and study i miss having that time to study and learn because i think it's just it's just so much harder to to study in that free time to be honest or and have free time um so so yeah it's i think i'm so i'm i'm still figuring it out but 
whenever I do get a free weekend or even a free weekday, I, I, I do, if I, if I can plan it in advance, I do reach out to a, like a person here, a person there. I'm like, Hey, are you free? Hey, are you free? And I, I try to just like take turns amongst everyone and be like, okay, it's been a while. I, I should probably reach out. Oh, oh yeah, no. And I know, and there are times when I, I reach out like two weeks in advance, I'd be like, Hey, my next day off is like this day. Are you free then? Like, let's try this day. Yeah. No, yeah. no, that's perfect. And it's, it's so funny because we're talking to, you know, we're talking about how hard it is adjusting to medical school and how busy you can feel at the beginning. And residency is it's just, it's, it's harder. Even in residency, you're, yeah. you're basically feeling like you yeah. had a bunch of free time in med school. And so yeah. it's, it's so interesting, maybe in the, how you, in med school you felt the same way but now you realize it's even worse yeah so and I think I think to, to develop a lot of yeah no go ahead yeah go ahead. no I, I was gonna say though that like I have a lot of um I, I can say for a lot of residents though they're having a lot of fun in terms of you get a lot more autonomy you really get to to say mm. that you are the doctor caring for your patients and so it is it, it does feel meaningful in terms of the work you do you actually are putting in those orders but um I will say that since it is overwhelming especially during your intern year you will it, it will be hard to have that time to step back and relax and be like wow I did this or wow like um I I actually like affected or I I don't know it, it, it there will be times when you feel so overwhelmed that it'll be harder to appreciate it but I have heard that um like with time like you will get faster you will get efficient and so you'll have more time to to really feel it gotcha no I mean I I believe it and and I see what you mean that like being more involved and having more of a say can uh, can definitely feel more intellectually um, satisfying and give you a bit more gratification and maybe that can make mm -hmm. it the, the extreme you know busyness that, that you experienced during residency but sometimes just it's too overwhelming yeah gotcha 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 thank you for sharing um yeah. now and this was kind of a question and you, you answered it already I was going to ask if if feeling if finding a little bit of balance was more of a natural transition to you or you had to pretty much like structure um that time in and like schedule you know pencil in exactly your, your your meetings with your friends and things like that and it sounds like you're more of the latter where you had to kind of force yourself and and find the time and, and schedule um your your time with friends otherwise it wouldn't happen yeah yeah because i i will say sometimes it is as I can only speak for myself in terms of if I have a day off, it will be very, very tempting to just sleep in and just spend the whole day doing nothing. But in that case, then, then I mean, you can only do that so few times and then you're like, oh, well, my whole, all my years of residency just passed and well, I didn't, I didn't spend, the, spend as much with the people I loved as much as I would have wanted to. So just, so planning in advance, I, I just know that like, like, time time passes but like your your friends like like you got to spend the time with your loved ones as much as you can so that's such a good point and actually I want to for the listeners to compare that with so one of our guests um mentioned that she loves partying and that's something that uh -huh. was really kind of a priority for them 
and energize them, made them feel recharged. And so, you know, it, that shows how different different people can be. But that is something. Yeah, I mean, no, no, it shows that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. Prioritizing. I guess that in that case, that means that like I'm prioritizing seeing my friends and family, and then like just squeezing in exactly. a few like things here and there. <laughs> and you know, and you bring up a good point of like you can't, you know, for most people, doing nothing is is uh, is recharging in terms of like energy, yes. just physical yes. energy. But yes. you also can't spend all of your time in residency doing nothing because then the, those years will pass by and you know you will look back on that experience and say what did I do who did I see what experiences yeah. did I have and it'll yeah. all be residency and so it's uh it kind of brings up the point of there are two types of recharging I guess mm -hmm. yes. emotional yes. recharging but there's also and, and there's physical recharging mm -hmm. and a lot of those emotional um experiences like going out with friends and seeing family can sometimes be physically tiring but emotionally uh, kind of revitalizing. Yes, and it, for sure, it just depends on like, I think I think you kind of mentioned this before we started this, this podcast, that it depends on like what kind of personality you are. So are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? And for me, like, although I'm, I definitely am an introvert in some sense in terms of if I interact with strangers or colleagues that I don't really know that well, that's definitely going to drain me. But whereas if it's with like, friends who I've known for years or or like best friends or my family then it can definitely feel recharging that's true that is true 100 yeah I see I see you as that person yeah <laughs> 100 okay some good discussions here now I want to move on to a bit of a tricky subject that I've been talking about with different people and everyone kind of has their, <laughs> has their own perspective and their own um into their own lives, but basically relationships in medicine. And mm -hmm. I know you you mentioned before um, that your boyfriend was in medical school a year before you, and uh, so he's also in medicine. And I would love to get your take on a few things. So how was it like during medical school? And I guess now during residency, and I want to get your take on him being in medicine. Do you think it would have been harder or easier if he wasn't? And what what are some of the pros and cons of him being in medicine? So actually, I think we can compare notes, Piero, since since your husband, someone's not in medicine, and exactly. then I'm I'm with someone who is in medicine. So I will say that going into medical school, actually, so since then, I technically wasn't really in medical school yet. So I had so much more free time than him. And to be honest, being on that, that end of the stage, he's so much busier and you're not. Um, it, it kind of, it really felt lonesome, to be honest. And I actually appreciated us both being in medical school at the same time later on, because to be honest, he was busy, I was busy. So if he was too busy, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm busy. I have other things to do. So like, let's, let's just meet whenever we can, like, we'll, we'll work it, work this out. Um, and so, and, and at that time, we were both long distance too. So and I think it was okay with the long distance because we were both so busy. So gotcha, we, it's just yeah. more of like, and and I will say again, it works differently for all relationships. We had known each other for years before we started being long distance. So I think we did set a very good foundation in terms of like what kind of people we were, like we knew yes. who we were as people, like we, we trusted each other. Um, and so I, 
married. I think then going into the couples match and then finally matching together and being in the same city. Like I, I definitely really appreciate it, especially since I think there, there are finally times now that like, we'll have like a week get get the same very rare but it happens <laughs> and then um, but like I think we like I I really again I can only say it because I this is the only way I know but I do appreciate that he is in medicine because we both can understand each other's frustrations in the day I can like like just say everything that's been bothering me and he can understand me a hundred percent in terms of like why this is something that's bothering me um yes. like whether it be like a difficult encounter or whether it be something that happened that day that was like just really sad um so so i, th I think he understands that and um but also though <laughs> it can be difficult at times in terms of our schedules can also be completely off but i think that's the same with you Pierre, because there, there'll yeah. be like for example this past week i didn't see him at all because he was on night shift and i was on days and so I literally wow. did not see him. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, wonder, I wonder where he is. Like, wonder how he's been. <laughs> and then oh I, 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 yeah, I didn't see him until like yesterday. I was like, oh, okay. I'm glad to see you're still alive. This is great. <laughs> but <laughs> so, so it is. It is sometimes. Um, I think that's that's the downside in terms of like you're both so busy that sometimes you just don't know like when you'll see each other next or like when like you really have to plan ahead like I said so like we plan months in advance in terms of like making sure our holiday vacation was the same one making sure that our other vacation at least had something aligned and yes. then again planning months in advance in terms of where we were going to go on vacation so but I would also say like I said before I think it's also a pro in terms of he'll understand why I'm so busy because he's also so busy so yeah no, but, no, 100%. So, yeah, so I actually want to get your perspective if you haven't, maybe you've talked about it already on the podcast, but how is your husband in terms of like, I'm sure he's a very understanding person, but does it, do you think, do you feel bad sometimes or like, does, has it gotten difficult? Yeah, no, and I think at 100%, I, I've talked about it before, but I think it is the probably the most difficult part about being with someone who's not in medicine is the fact that medicine has all these weird and very intense, I guess, concepts and parts to it that most people just won't understand unless they're in it and they're living it. And sometimes you don't like them yourself. And so it's even hard to try to get someone else to understand them and accept them because you're like, okay, no, I, I agree. I actually don't like this about medicine, but it's just something I have to do. And yeah. um, so it's, it's, I, I think those are probably the hardest things to tackle um, together with someone mm -hmm. who's not in medicine because you're explaining to them and you're basically telling them, yes, I have to go through this. And essentially you have to as well. And mm -hmm. yeah, I hate it and I don't want to go through it, but I will, and I have to, and you, you do too. So it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, a bit, it's a bit odd, um, but I think what helps, and I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that basically relationships that form during medical school with someone who's not in medicine are not going to work. But I think part of what helps us is the fact that we were established before uh, I went into medical school. Mm -hmm. And so we essentially had um, uh, an open line of communication and an understanding. And, and uh, so basically the, the, the busyness crept up relatively gradually. 
um, mm-hmm. and uh, and we were kind of ready for it together. But I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know how it's going to be during residency, but I, I agree. I mean, it, it's really difficult to explain some of those weird concepts. But yeah, one yeah. thing that I um, that I ask all the time because I ever I've never been with someone in medicine, and so I wonder if you're with someone in medicine, do you find that a lot of your conversations are about medicine, and do you find ah. that like, it takes over your life, and you feel like you never leave medicine, and you're always talking about it, or? do you you know your dynamic just works in a way that that's just not everything you guys talk about uh, that's a great question and actually i think that's why i i do have friends who say who are in medicine and they say no i absolutely do not want to date anyone in medicine because i actually want a variety i want actually to get off work have my mind completely off medicine and just yeah. see what like what else is going on in the world and that's true that's a good point um so i mean i will say that <laughs> maybe I, I, don't, I can't even put a percentage, but no, we do talk about medicine outside of work, especially since a lot of our frustrations, especially right now, are like in terms of like yes. our work stressors, what's going on in our day. But um, I will say, though, I think since I'm a foodie, I think we do have shared love of food. We do have um, shared love of like traveling. Yes. We do have talking about other things that are going on in the world that I guess that we we managed to just not revolve all of our conversation and like livelihoods around it so it still feels like I'm I'm still still talking about other things if that makes sense no that makes a lot of sense and I think it's very dependent on the personality um, Mm -hmm. of the other person Mm -hmm. because what you just said about like oh you know talking about because a lot of the challenges are the same and a lot of the difficulties that you're both facing are the same and so I think you know a little venting together is it can be very helpful basically he can validate what you're feeling and you can validate what he's Mm -hmm. feeling and uh, and so that can be helpful I think it's it's just about keeping that balance of just not turning it into like maybe a you know 24-hour rant or about you're always complaining together because you're going yeah. through the same challenges and just, you know, keeping that variety and also talking about other things and enjoying what you used to enjoy together before. Um, yeah. But I think that, that yes. that's very much of a personality thing. And I don't see either of you being that type of person. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I hope, I hope I'm still a whole person despite, <laughs> despite yes, we have identities. We have identities yes, outside yes. of medicine. <laughs> Yes, yes. I'm not just a robot that puts orders on a computer. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, no, Becky, I know you're going to be like an amazing, amazing pediatrician. And um, I bet interneer is is hard, but I, you know, I trust that you, you're going to to tackle it great and you're going to figure it out. Um, yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. You're going to be an amazing doctor too. You, To be honest, I already, hear, hearing about your life last week, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of like everything you've accomplished so far. Like, thank no, you, seriously, we're, 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 do, we're doing great. We're doing great here. <laughs> exactly. We're doing great, guys. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. We're all going to make it. If you're an M1 or an M2 and you're like, or an M3 or whatever, wherever you are, and you're like, you know, going through a rough time because you're overwhelmed, it maybe doesn't objectively get better, 
but maybe you get better and (laughs) subjectively it gets better but I think if you take anything from this is be more like Becky keep a positive attitude regardless of how hard things are I think that's huge things can be crumbling around you but if you keep a positive attitude you know things are going to crumble regardless of whether you keep a positive attitude or not but if you keep a positive attitude you can at least kind of you know, move on to the next phase a bit more happily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I will say, like, things things are, can be tough, but you will feel very drained some days, and it's, it's gonna feel rough, like, there, there's no doubt about it, like, like, I think, actually, I still think about this, like, um, Dr. Gray, like, who is, who is somewhere else, but she was, she's, oh ama- she's an amazing yeah, faculty member, no, she was an amazing part of our faculty, but she said something that really struck with me, like, you will hit a low at some point in your career, maybe it's not now, but, like, you're gonna hit a low, and it's fine, it's okay, like, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, like, get through it, but, like, you, you, there will be lows that you'll hit, so, like, hearing that, like, really just made me, made me think, like, it's okay, it's okay, like, 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 everything, everyone has gone through this at some point, or they will go through this at some point, so, like, like, it's just a matter of, like, like, how, yeah, how we process it, how we deal with it, what will make us, like, what can we do to help us get Exactly. Yeah. And hold on, hold on. Yeah. Give it a second. Keep going, keep going at it. Even if you feel like you're in that low and it's, it feels like it's never going to end, it will end and there will be a high coming. So, you know, yeah. just, just keep a positive attitude and hold on. Yeah. Becky, thank you so, so, so much for coming on while you're at the gym and while you're, you have like <laughs> a busy schedule. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was so nice to talk to you again. Um, after our coffee uh, last week. It's yes. so nice to, to chat yes. with you always. Yes, my pleasure. And if anyone, again, is interested in the intern life, which I'm sure everyone will reach at some point or the career yes. pediatrics, feel free to reach out to me. So we'll, we'll all get through this, guys. We will. Thank you so much, Becky. So nice okay, talking to you. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye. bye.